0: Welcome, everybody, to the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dowd, and I have for the next hour a show packed full of stuff for you guys. We have an extended music hour. We're also going to be ca- talking to Deborah Robinson and she is an author, a psychic and a musician and she likes to focus on the paranormal and coming right off of Halloween being last week, this is going to be a really fun interview to continue that that feel. We also are going to be talking with Barbara Slane. She is a health specialist and she's going to be telling us about some alternative ways to feel better about ourselves and she has a blog where you can go check out all her great tips. So that is what we have coming up and it's also, like I said, it's a week past Halloween and I hope everybody had a great safe Halloween, got lots of candy and now we're going to be turning the tides to Thanksgiving, one of my favorite times of year. This is where the, the, the leaves are turning colors, the uh, the pumpkins and the pumpkin patches are are just bountiful and it's time to start thinking about eating. And unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of Christmas stuff coming out too. You know, they don't like to waste any time getting that stuff on the shelf because it is the commercialized version of Christmas. So basically, all the Christmas specials are going to be starting out just around Halloween and will be done before December actually starts. Go figure. So um, let's get to our first interview of the night. I have on the phone with me right now Barbara Slane. She's a holistic uh, nutritionalist, and we're going to be talking about the art of, basically, uh, alternative medicines. Uh, Some things that a lot of people don't really know about too much because we're always pushing the Western medicine. Uh, So, Barbara, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: Oh,
2: thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you.
0: Very good. So I know you don't have a book out yet, but you, you teach and you, uh, and you work with uh, Holistic Medicine a lot, which I am actually a very big advocate for.
2: Yeah. Um, we don't have a book, but there's a website. And um, the website offers all, um, it's all complimentary, and it's interviews and free gifts from all. It's not just alternative practitioners. It's also medical doctors that have that alternative bent. Mm-hmm. And the website is My Healing Rooms com with an S.
0: Well, very good. And we're going to be getting to that, too, uh, a little bit here in, the, in as we go along because I will be reminding people of that. But um, let's talk about holistic medicine. Kind of tell people what a holistic medicine is compared to, like, a, a traditional Western medicine.
2: Well, I mean, you know, it's right now we have the doctors, the medical doctors, that are traditionally trained. What's starting to kind of... Um, infiltrate in a little bit is that they're starting to um, learn about adjunct modalities. Holistic practitioners commonly are naturopathic doctors, acupuncturists. You could go as far as Reiki. And what's happening now is the medical establishment, and most people are starting to realize the benefits of these alternative methods, not only just for treatment of any kind of disease in the body, but also for prevention to keep your body kind of running smoothly so um, there isn't something that ends up being you know, more of a a big deal, and we have to be very careful. The most important thing that people need to know is it's not a question of whether it's the medical doctors or the holistic practitioners. You need to know your options and do your research because neither one of them might be correct for you. And, again, just because it's a medical doctor, there was a whole big article yesterday in the New York Times that all of these women that have DCIS and they've been giving them chemo and mastectomies and all of that, now they're realizing that they just jumped the gun, that it wasn't necessary. So we have to kind of take our health, you know, in our own hands and do our research and take responsibility, whether it's a holistic practitioner who's telling you they know the way or a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. We have to know our
0: options. I agree with that 100%. And, you know, one of the things that I – I'll tell you a quick story that happened to me. Uh, About 2012, I was actually hit by some lightning that came through the apartment that I was living in, and I grabbed a can of soda, and it came through my refrigerator and shocked me and blew me across the room. Well, what I didn't realize is that it actually opened up a little a little hole in my stomach, and I started to have a bleeding ulcer, didn't realize it, but I got really, really, really anemic, and I showed up to the doctor, and they're like, no, we have to send you to get a blood transfusion. I said, I really don't agree with blood transfusions, and I said, I, I fought them on it, and they're like, we're going to just you know take you and send you to a hospital. I said, I'm not going. And, um, they got to the point where they're like, well, you know, this is death if you don't do it. I said, no, I don't think it's death. But if it happens, it happens. That's just my time. But what I decided to do instead was I went home and I ate a lot of foods in, uh, good for iron. And I talked to a, uh, I talked to a wrestler who lives down here, Brian Blair, and he brought me into this, um, into this, uh, I'm trying to think of, remember what it is. It's not sweetweed. It's, um uh some type of some type of bark, and um you know i took wow. that i took that, and not only did I get rid of my ulcer it's it completely sealed it up for it to heal, but I also got my my uh my iron levels back so you know really? i do yes
2: that, I, that's very impressive well first of all, the first part of the story is so shocking about the lightning that i'm still stunned from <laughs> <laughs> that I was crazy.
0: It, 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 was, it was crazy. I mean, it, it completely blew me a- across the room. It
2: came in through the window of your
0: apartment? No, it came through the wiring system, but it blew out my, uh, it came out my um, my refrigerator. And had I not touched the refrigerator at that exact time, it would have blown the refrigerator. But because I became the ground for it, it went through the refrigerator, not touching the refrigerator, and hit me instead. But it wasn't a direct hit, so it was more like an indirect hit. So it wasn't like hit with 150,000 volts of electricity. Right, I was hit right, more wow. with like uh, just a like a – it was kind of like touching a 220-watt uh, electrical outlet. But that's wow. still enough to, to, to blow you across the room. <laughs> but
2: see, you, that's so crazy. But you were so wise. Something in you just told you that that was not right. Mm-hmm. And, look, you could have averted a, a huge problem. God knows there's a lot of things that are transmitted with blood transfusions, and sometimes they're necessary, but it wasn't necessary for you. It reminds me of the story of this girl I know, and the doctor said to her, if you don't do uh, chemotherapy, you're going to die. And she knew her body could not withstand the chemo, and she's fine, and she's alive, but, I mean, even those words being told to you are, you know, are so fear-based. Mm-hmm. So, But you took your health into your own hands. That's amazing.
0: And sometimes you have to because, I mean, I always believe that there may be an alternative solution. But like you, you know, one may not be better than the other, but I also don't have a problem with being able to mix the two Combined a little bit, you know, maybe use a little traditional medicine, but also use some alternative stuff like uh, acupuncture, depending on what, what you're dealing with, like uh, surgery or something like that, or maybe headaches as opposed to taking all the uh, the aspirin. But on the other hand, you can also do things like, um, you know, th- there's the uh, apricot seeds. And I have a story right. about that too. My, my dog had a lump in his throat. And they pretty much thought it was cancer. And at his age, he was 13 years old. They pretty much said, get ready to say goodbye to him. I said, no, I'm not going to let that happen. And uh, they, they were going to monitor it over the months, see how, see how it was going to grow and everything. Well, I kind of slipped him some uh, apricot seeds. And when they went in and took the x-ray, it was gone. It was wow. completely gone. So, and I've actually talked to people that have had cancer. They use the seeds in conjunction Is with... That the laetrile, right? Yeah. So... Um, you know it it gets it helped them out taking the standard um uh the standard uh what do you call it the uh, chemotherapy but they yeah. didn't need to do such an aggressive form of it and the, the between the seeds and the ke- chemotherapy that helps so you know should people be able to you know be a little bit more open minded to try both i mean since it kind of worked for me i'm sure that might not be a bad idea absolutely
2: and as a matter of fact um i work closely with Donnie Yance, who is an unbelievable herbalist. He lectures all over the world. Um, He's got scientific data, and he works with doctors to boost your immune system um, before you have chemotherapy, and what we recommend is they do tissue samples so you do a targeted chemo that you know is going to work for your cancer if, in fact, it's needed, and that's how East and West can kind of work together. It's putting aside um, ego and having to be right and, and realizing that there's a way to marry these modalities together for the best results. And it's incredible. The one guy that I know has a, had a tumor in his neck, and he followed Donnie's protocol, and he was just so far ahead of the other people um, in healing and recovery and being able to, you know, eat. So I don't think people realize that there are options. And so that's why I have the site, but also... You know, the one good thing about the internet is get on and educate yourself Mm -hmm. because there are amazing ways that people are healing and we we have to become informed. It's your body. You know, like there was that article in the New York Times, this woman, after she had her mastectomy, realized she didn't need it. Well, that's too late and that's very sad.
0: Yeah, I saw that.
2: I know. And, um... So I really, having gone through breast cancer 11 years ago and not knowing that I had options, and and that's just, the cancer is just one piece. There's a million, you know, diseases. It could be diabetes type 2. Don't take insulin, just change your diet, and it's going to go away. Even with diabetes type 1, you can lower your insulin by your diet. I mean, so many diseases that are caused from inflammation, you don't have to turn into a nun, but even by shifting things, I tell people just, Cut out the diet soda and 50% of the processed food and you start to feel so much better than you want to go the extra mile. Mm. I think people become fearful when it's like an all or nothing and I don't think life is, is fun when it's all or nothing. So we just teach little incremental little shifts and your body starts It's a balance. It's like a scale and you just don't want it to tip over.
0: But jumping into something, too, can also cause shock, and that's not necessarily a good thing either. So, you know, I like right. that idea of, of just slowly getting yourself acclimated to it, because it, I think it will have a better result than if you just jump into it and jump out. It's like when people, you know, try to quit smoking, they just quit, and it doesn't really work that long, because their body still isn't, is still in shock.
2: Well, I think I'm really big on substitutes, and even with smoking, what are you going to substitute it for, because... There's a reason that you feel good when you, you know, smoke that cigarette. There's a, you know, it's all mind, body, soul. All these diseases have a component that relate to your, your emotional body, to your mental body, and you, you have to pay attention to that. If you're just having a symptom in your body, it, it's usually related to something else. And when you address it on all levels, then you could have a very, very quick there's there's miracles out there. There's incredible things that happen when people let go of anger and all of a sudden their gallbladder clears up mm-hmm. because that's where the liver and the gallbladder, where anger is cleared. So, again, if someone says, this is my way and this is the only way, or come out to my place and for 1,500 a day I'll cure you and give you Jesus. I would run because I've seen this happen, and that's not the way it is. You know, we're, we're individual, and there's many different reasons that we manifest certain physical conditions. So we have to, you know, take charge. Why is this happening to me? What's going on in my mind, in my life? And then take it from there.
0: And, you know, it's amazing because throughout time, I mean, I'm going to go back to, you know, biblical times. We didn't have all these medicines that we have now. They only had, you know, herbs and and different types of uh, foods and, and different things that they did, and they survived. I mean, yeah, maybe they didn't have the life expectancy that we do now, but they still survived. So, you know, there, to be some, there has to be something in those types of, of um, cures and treatments that work. Otherwise, Absolutely. people wouldn't have well, been around.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of medicines come from the plant, but what they do is they don't use the whole plant, like Taxol, which is a chemotherapy, comes from the yew tree. But what medicine does is it doesn't keep the whole plant intact, and it, you know, it um, makes it into a pharmaceutical, and then they make money on it. But most of the healing, and that's why I love Donnie Yance's work, um, comes from what is on this planet. Now, other people will say it's harder that our children are going to be sicker. Why? Genetically modified food. I mean, we didn't have that. Our parents didn't have that. You know, um, the environment, all the toxins in the environment, that's even more of a reason to pay attention to what you're doing. Like people say this whole gluten thing is, you know, just, you know, embellished. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. It's not the gluten; it's the Roundup that's on all of the wheat. So it's not just a gluten intolerance. It's why are we spraying our crops with Roundup? Roundup is a is a carcinogen. It's horrible. It, so that's why people have to stay away from these foods. Doctor Norm Shealy is one of the medical doctors. He's the pioneer of holistic medicine. He's a neurosurgeon. But if you go to his website and sign up for his um, daily letters, he show. I mean, he really kind of just you know tells you all of this, the farces of the medical system. He talks about the GMOs. He talks about things to avoid. And we don't have to go into fear and a panic, but we, can't, we do need to know what's going on. I agree. So there's that, you no, know, I don't like that whole fear thing either and when people, conspiracy theories, But the greed has taken over, and that's Monsanto. That's the GMO stuff. And that's why there are a lot of states that are fighting against it. I think there was a the whole thing in France where they were burning the GMO crops, We've got to we got to go back to basics. We're not leaving a very a really gentle place for our kids to grow up. We'll be okay, but they're in big trouble. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, one of the things that I was also thinking about with with that type of stuff too is mentality. And you were talking about that earlier. You know, if if somebody doesn't give an alternative medicine a chance, or they don't give Western medicine a chance, is their brain strong enough to completely block the good effects that could happen from it?
2: Well, I mean, that's, you know, you're smart because your belief systems, our belief systems create reality. They say that our thoughts create feelings that release neurochemicals. We're very powerful. We underestimate it. So if you think something's really not going to work, if somebody goes into chemo and puts stickers on the bag that say love and healing, as opposed to someone who goes in and says, I'm going to die, I guarantee you, you'll see a different effect just for the same thing if someone gets a placebo and or the doctor comes in and says to someone, you're going to be fine, as opposed to walking in and saying, this doesn't really look good, you've got an 80% chance. Mm. That person who was given an 80% chance, their immune system is going to crash. Mm. So, yes, how we feel, what we believe in our thoughts, create a tremendous amount of our reality. It's proven. So you're, you're absolutely right.
0: Now, that's good to know, because I always kind of thought that myself. Um, You know, I always try to give everything a chance. And sometimes the strangest things end up working better than the things that were the traditional ways of doing things for me. So, yeah, I want
2: to find out what that bark was that you took.
0: <laughs> I can actually, I actually have it. Uh, what I'll do is I'll email you after the, uh, after oh, the show here. Oh, thank you. That's really cool. But it it actually worked for, it. see, the, what was cool about the wrestler was, you know, when they're jumping off and they're hitting, you know, knees and they're getting slammed into things, it really does a good damage on their stomach. And he goes, this was one of the things that helped not only with his, um with his, uh, uh, acid reflux, but also he had a couple of uh, ulcers, bleeding ulcers himself, in it and it does help. Um, it that's does amazing. it does smooth the stomach out, and it helps keep the acid away from it because it creates like a like an inner coating. It was amazing stuff, and 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 the funny thing is, it's a hundred percent natural. There is no adverse See, side that's effect.
2: That's the thing, and everyone, there's so many people on these acid blockers, which as Norm talks about. Uh, they they cause a whole host of side effects in shutting your body down, so if you can take what you took or aloe you know vera to kind of calm the whole mucosa, or there's a million things out there ginger tea or curcumin is great for inflammation, then why not? Why take a drug that's right plus it's a lot less it's a lot less money
0: and honestly there our bodies are born without drugs, so any type of chemical you put into it that isn't necessary uh or it wasn't there to begin with, it will have adverse side effects somehow, some way. It just may not show up right away, but it might show up over time.
2: Absolutely. And the side effects, and again, you can read all about these on Norm's site, they're pretty serious. I mean, he wouldn't take some of these drugs. He said if you paid him a billion dollars, so, you know, the cholesterol drugs, all these drugs, it's it's a, you know, that's a big business. It is. Pharmaceuticals is a is a really big business. So, we need to take charge. That's what this is about. The site is a public service site. It comes from my heart because I kind of wish that I knew that I had options. So the people that are interviewed, Dr. Gittin, and they're MDs, so it's not all woo-woo. And then there's incredible things out there. There's a book, Dying to Be Me, Anita Marjani, was in the hospital, documented, was supposed to die, went to the light and came back and her cancer was gone. So we need to just, you know, think out of the box on all levels. We and do. and we do. It's important.
0: You know, one of the things that that kind of gets me about um, you know, everybody is the the pharmaceutical company obviously for one, but the doctors also really push to avoid eat, you know, taking alternative methods or or you know, using herbs and and uh, you know, other types of um uh you know minerals to help uh, attack whatever's ailing you that you know when you keep hearing that it makes you it makes you scared about doing this stuff but i really realize it really comes down to not having a uh, profit you know they're losing money and i know
2: it's cra- it's crazy i mean little things like there are a lot of people that can't methylate if you can't methylate that means you can't detox metals or drugs so by taking a methylated b vitamin you can bring your homocysteine down i mean like like And a lot of doctors don't want to pay attention to that. It's, plus, it takes more of their time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to just kind of go by a standard script, you know, instead of taking a moment just think, wait a second, there's other options here. I would only go to an alternative doctor that has integrity, that spends time with you, that's not on a punch, you know, clock where you're in and out in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if it costs an extra $100, it's the best $100 you'll spend.
0: Oh, that's absolutely right. And you know, one of the things that I was about, I was about ready to um, talk up to you about, too, is a lot of these companies say, well, it's not FDA regulated. I don't trust the FDA as far as I can throw them. Um, right. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of going with GMOs. They're trying to go with, um, uh, you know, I saw one thing that it's, it's actually okay to have a half a teaspoon of antifreeze in your food. How is that good?
1: Wow, you know wow. Th-
0: that's that's allowable uh, under yeah. the FDA standards. So why would you trust them?
2: Yeah, well, that's I I wouldn't trust them. It's you know bureaucracy. It's it's just too big. It's not the whole system. Unfortunately, we're a very sick country, and everything is kind of falling apart. I mean, people go to Europe for for treatment. Um, so no, um, it, it's sad. It really is. But we're going to have to kind of revamp the whole. Um, institution to go back to basics and, and that's why it's crumbling mm-hmm. so no I wouldn't trust them I wouldn't trust that you have to trust yourself and trust your research
0: that's right now I'm kind of running out of time here but I do wanted to, uh, to talk to you really quick about acupuncture because I know that was one of the things that I read in your in your uh, thing here um, what is acupuncture good for and how does it work
2: Well, I mean, it's a 5,000-year-old medicine that they've used in China. So we're energy. I'm energy. Everything is energy. And our bodies, even though they look solid, are energy. And we have meridians. And what they feel is, and it's true, when the qi, which is the energy, is stuck, that's when it's easier to have some kind of disease manifest. So what they do, if they're very good, is they'll listen to your pulses on your hand, they'll look at your tongue, and they'll find out if the liver pathway or the heart... What area is being blocked? Because when the energy runs, that's why qigong is so good. That's why breathing is so good. You want to have the energy not stagnant in your body. You want to have it moving. So acupuncture, qigong, breath work, all of those are adjunct therapies, and better to do it before you get sick. I mean, I think prevention is, you know, the magic word here. And so what is it good for? Again, and this is the, the crazy thing, Nothing works for everyone. So somebody might have headaches and go in and boom, in one session their headaches are gone. Somebody else might say, you know what, I tried 20 people. Or maybe that practitioner is not right for you. So trust yourself. If you don't feel after a couple of sessions that it's right, either go to a new practitioner or try a different modality because nothing works for everyone. Acupuncture is not going to work for everyone, but it works for a big population. And there's so many other ways to heal that, you you know, I also believe in a little bit of a poo-poo platter. So maybe one month you'll try the acupuncture and you'll try some movement with something else or there's a million other things out there depending on on what you need. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, we are at the last uh, minute or two of the show, so please tell everybody how they can see your blog again and uh, maybe contact you if they need some advice or anything.
2: Sure. Sure, just go to My Healing Rooms with an S, because without the S, it's a Christian ministry, myhealingrooms.com, and you can click on all of the healers or teachers, practitioners rooms, and each one of them is giving you a free gift, a meditation, um, a diet, or whatever it is. If you have any questions, my email is there, myhealingrooms at gmail.com, and we are more than happy to assist you on your journey to health and happiness. We want you to have fun.
0: Well, that's some phenomenal information you, get, you gave everybody today, and I hope everybody uh, opens their eyes to seeing that they do have a choice and they should exercise every possible choice that they have.
2: I agree. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this.
0: Oh, thank you for coming on. And everybody, we're okay. going to go to a commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to be hearing some more music and commentary, so stay tuned. Do you love horror, the strange and unusual? Fantasy
1: creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. Hey, I'm Michael Rosander. Check me out in the movie Adrenaline. You can see it on Amazon.com.
0: All right, guys, we are back, and I really hope that you learned a lot from Barbara. And go check out her website because it's got a lot of insightful information. In fact, I'm trying a a new type of alternative medicine, really. It's not really a medicine, but it's supposed to be a preventative, and that's called peroxide. And what I have done is I've gone out and purchased a 30% solution, and I'm mixing it down to a 3% solution, and then I'm going to be able to drink it because it's actual food-grade peroxide when the peroxide hits your bloodstream, it oxygenates it, and that oxygen goes throughout your body. Now, what's really interesting about it is that you can't, bacteria and viruses cannot survive in pure oxygen, so therefore it dies. And that kind of helps you rebuild things and i've heard some amazing stories that i've read online about it already so i'm excited to try it and maybe you'll help me out with some of my symptoms that i have and i'm going to leave i'm going to keep giving you guys updates once in a while see how it's going uh this might be something you you might be interested in trying out yourself but now let's get into our next interview shall we I am here with my guest tonight she's a very exciting guest for me because she's talking about the paranormal psychic and she's a and she's does paranormal writing I love this kind of stuff she's a musician a songwriter an author and a psychic and her name is Deborah Robinson welcome to the show Deborah how you doing
1: hi Jason it's great to be here
0: I'm glad you're I'm glad you're with us today I love everything ghost goblins and anything that you can that, that you can consider paranormal. So I'm excited to hear about your books. Um, I see that you have a few of them. Um, One of them is The Red Death Survivors uh, and The Haunting at Black Tower Mansion. Those are coming out here in the fall of 2015. Tell us about those a little bit.
1: Yeah, those are just now uh, being released. Uh, One was just released a week or so ago, and Black Tower Mansion was just released uh, yesterday. Um, Red Death uh, Survivors is the sequel to the book one, uh, Red Death, a post-apocalyptic novel, And uh, basically, Ebola pretty much wipes out civilization as we know it, and this uh, takes place in a small town in the Midwest. And these uh, people have to survive. I mean, they learn how to eat everything from pastas that grow in the backyard to uh, everything else that would be, uh, you know, encompassed in that kind of a scenario. Uh, Then Red Death Survivors is just an ongoing uh, book from that. Uh, Basically, what happens, society is reforming, and they have some new hope but uh, the main character, Tara, unearths an abomination one day when she's foraging for uh, spring greens, and she has to uncover who this madman is hiding among them uh, to save what little life still remains on Earth.
0: Now, what got you into writing back in 2013? You haven't been writing very long, so what was the inspiration to get you started?
1: You know, I had some personal tragedy. I lost my son to a drunk driver and uh, my father shortly afterwards, and uh, in a tragedy. And basically, I just felt like I had to connect all the dots and get everything out, like you sometimes do in situations like that. And so I sat down and wrote my first book, titled *A Haunted Life*. Uh, just just putting everything together: some of the premonitions my son had about his own death, some of the things that have happened to me over the years, and and just the question that you ask yourself when you've got. Uh, a little bit of a psychic streak that runs in my family, like it does. You ask yourself, you know, did I attract something negative? Did this, did I cause this? You know, the, just the things that you go through when you're really tormenting yourself like that, which I actually did for quite a while there.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear about all that. I know, I, I, my entire, uh. A lot of my friends in my in my school have died from drunk driving, and half of them weren't driving drunk. It was by other people. So I know I know what it can do uh, to your to your mentality and your heart and everything else.
1: Oh yeah, it's a very sad situation. We we've tried to turn it as positive as possible, and I actually think that the writing was kind of my gift. Uh, obviously, nothing can replace something like that and someone like that in your life, but it's a gift that I can uh, you know move forward and and put some things down that uh, really. You know, affect me. So
0: it's a, it's a great gift, really. Is I love the idea of ghostwriting, and I know a lot of people have experienced it after a tragic incident where they either lost a parent, lost a, a son, lost somebody that was close to them. It was almost like they were compelled and they had to get up and write, and they just wrote, 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 wrote. They didn't even know what they were writing until they were done. Then, they, then it's like their their eyes opened up and they saw what they what they came up with. Was any of yes. these books? a part of that to you? Did you have any of those ghostwriting experiences in, in the process?
1: Absolutely. In fact, I've written other books since then, uh, nonfiction and fiction, and uh, basically uh, a lot of them were people's stories, people that I knew were not yanking my chain, you know, so to speak, that I trusted, and people that came back to them, a best friend who died, you know, a parent or whatever. Things that uh, you know, if you don't believe in the paranormal, they sh- they certainly give you pause and make you think, "Wow, you know, there may be something to this." But if I if I wasn't a believer before, which I was, I, I lived in a haunted house at about uh, age twelve or thirteen for three years, and oh my goodness, it was it was really terrifying at that age, not understanding what was going on, and uh, you know, it just kind of focused on me, very poltergeist-like in nature. And basically, uh, scratching on my bed sheets at night, you know, and just, just really, really, uh, your, your B movie haunted house movie would be the perfect description of this house. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was really something. And, and so that's what got me started on this whole thing. And I, I have been a believer for many years, but some of the people that tell their stories, I mean, I know it convinces a lot of people, and there are a lot of people who don't speak of it simply because they're afraid of being, you know, ridiculed about it and everything. But there are way more of us who have experienced these things than not.
0: I have been that sensitive uh, for a very, very long time. I've been seeing ghosts since I was about six years old. And, um, you know, it really kind of put a big damper because I saw things that people didn't see and I was wondering if it was following me, so I didn't want them to see it. So I kind of like, you know, separated myself from people. But then I realized later on in life that's not the case. And, uh, you know, but I also didn't, you know, I also had a big self-awareness uh, about myself. I didn't want people to attack me for what I saw. And then I just realized one day, I don't give a damn. And, uh, you yeah. know, that kind of made everything so much better for me.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really hard thing to, uh, you know, and it, it always seems like it's the right brain types who get this sort of thing. The artists, the musicians, the, you know, just the uh, more emotive type people who who really do have this running in their family a lot of times. I had a spooky grandmother who would tell us, you know, all the aunts and uncles would gather around the table and they she would say, you know, I had a dream last night. And, of course, everyone stops in their tracks because so many times they were right and, and, and it was... It was frightening, and she would dream of a big bird coming, a big white bird coming through the window every time somebody was going to die. Of course, she didn't dream who was going to die, so we all kind of, us kids would sit around thinking, oh, no, you know. (laughs) So, you know, when you grow up with that sort of thing, you just kind of accept it, although they were very religious and did not believe in the psychic end of it. they thought it was, you know, spiritual gift type of thing, but... Yeah, it's quite it's quite hard to have something like that in your family and in your life because you don't know when you're a kid how exactly to you know understand it or how to take it.
0: Mm-hmm. When I was uh, just about a year ago or so, actually more than that, it was probably about three years ago. I had this. Uh, battle online with a radio guy he was a staunch atheist and he brought me on to try to discredit me all the way across the board and one of the things he said is you know technically think about it as as life as windows when you delete something it doesn't really delete it just kind of turns into energy and just goes and be in you know to this other level and just kind of dissipates for use in in the future times whenever you need to bring it back or whatever like that you know and um They were, he was basically saying that we are all like that, so technically there is no psychic ability, it's just the ability to read those specific pieces of energy that have been floating out in the universe for so long. What's your take on something like that? Because I thought it was pretty interesting, but I don't believe it.
1: Yeah, that's that's a very interesting theory. Um, I believe that, in, in a way, that, that could be one version of that. My, my belief just kind of runs that... Um, when you have an openness from that as a child and when your family kind of has that, it, seems to, it tends to run in families because they're, are, they're more open to that sort of thing. So when you grow up being open to it, you listen to these feelings. You listen to things. You notice things, whereas, you know, others might not. They, I think everybody has the ability somewhat, but some shut it off at a very young age and discount it where others grow in that respect. I really believe that way.
0: Mm-hmm you know as kids especially sometimes they're more sensitive because they don't realize that they can't they should not be able to see this stuff and they yeah. haven't been taught yeah. over the over the years so what would you what type of advice would you give to a child that is experiencing something like that but yet they know that they may not be able to go to their, their mom and dad cuz they don't want to be called crazy or they don't want to go to their teachers what advice do you give to them to accept it and realize it may not be crazy at all
1: well, I would just say that it is a special gift, and, and I think that uh, just not being afraid of it is, is a really big key to learning to survive with it. Um, sometimes you will be able to use that gift to single out other friends who kind of have that, and I found out a lot of times like attracts like in that in that manner, and when you have somebody to talk to about it, it really does help. So if your parents seem skeptical, See if you can find that one special friend who believes that these things are possible and then you'll you'll feel a lot better about it.
0: One of the things that I have always been about is being upfront with yourself, and I think I think that's some great you know advice because I didn't do it a long time ago, and you know, but unfortunately, I went through it. I went through a Lutheran school, and you know, they didn't believe in stuff like that. They believe in the afterlife. Sure. When you're done, you're done, and that's and that's very plausible. Um, but there is yeah. something out there to be able to to allow this to happen. And, you know, it could be God. It could be the devil tricking us. It could be all kinds of things. There's so sure. many possibilities. We don't know. So you know, I like that. I like that they need to be true to themselves and, and just seek out who they need to, who they feel comfortable with.
1: Yes, and the way we were raised, you know, it was either, there was either nothing there or it was demons, mm-hmm. you know, so you didn't really have a, a gray area there where you could imagine there were scientific reasons for being able to notice things that others didn't notice. So, yeah, it was uh, it was terrifying, and it can still be terrifying, especially for somebody young that doesn't know how to deal with it. So, yeah, it's, it's it's different, but it's uh, it's a natural thing. Some people just are more open to it than others.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, at it, it, this time, this day and age, it's a lot better because you know, back in the eighties, it was very taboo, and even before the eighties, very very taboo. But going into the nineties, yeah. as the, as these shows started showing up more, I think people got a little bit more interested, and they were a little bit more open to, to to stuff like that. So I'm hoping that they don't have the same type of life I had growing up, where it was very conservative and very um, you know taboo to talk about stuff like that.
1: Yes, that's 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 true. It was um, back in the old days. And there was, there were no books on it. There were no shows hardly. Nope. Uh, you know, you were on your own. And, and I remember saving my allowance trying to find books to you know to explain what was going on in this haunted house when I was twelve. It was it was a terrifying time. So uh, at least there are uh, there's more awareness now from you from what you say with all the shows and things going on.
0: What do you think about those shows? Do you really think that they're blown out of proportion and they give people false you know, hopes? Because it seems like every time you turn them on, they absolutely have something happening to them. They have absolute evidence, yet it seems like all this stuff kind of turns up to be false and, and staged later on. What's your idea of these type of yeah. shows? Do you think they should be you know, portrayed the way that they are or should they be taken as an entertainment value only?
1: Well, you know, I think that there are probably the the true facts usually run that when people are on ghost investigations and things like that, it's rare to get evidence. But because of television, I'm afraid maybe producers would like to, you know, beef it up a little bit in ways that are not necessarily, you know, as good as far as the reality end of things go. Um, You know, as people that are interested in this, I've talked to many friends that said, we wouldn't wouldn't mind if they didn't find anything on a show. We would rather see the true facts, as they usually run, you know, on an investigation, than anything made up like that. So, so, you know, I think television tries to keep people that don't know about the uh, field interested by possibly, you know, making things a little more exciting. You can hear some of the soundtrack and things running in the background that are, you know, screams and things like that. So, you know, yes, I think television, because it is television, we all have to be aware that you know, we we have to be careful on it. totally accepting everything as face value.
0: And I think they also need to uh, take a, a stance to show people not glorify this stuff. Because a lot of the times, when you when you are dealing with stuff like this, if you don't know what you are doing, you can get seriously hurt. And yeah, not every spirits out there going to hurt you, but there are some that can. And it's like you go, you you keep going for that for that you know that line. Eventually, it's going to get crossed, and somebody's going to get hurt.
1: Absolutely. And and I'm a big believer in that. Now, I wouldn't try to push my own beliefs on anyone, but I mean, I really do believe there is a good and there is an evil. And I believe that you can get attachments and you can have negative things uh, in your life. And so the shows kind of promote, hey, get a Ouija board. Hey, get this. Hey, go out and do this. And, and I say that, you know, you need to be very well versed in protective measures before you do things like that.
0: Even if you're innocently trying to call something good, it can you know you never know what can walk in that sure. door um exactly exactly. tell me about some of your paranormal experiences and have you had any ch- uh, contact with your son or your father since they passed?
1: Yes, I have as a matter of fact I have um the day we found my father uh you know it was it was a really tragic thing, and uh I was sitting on the sofa with my husband, just crying you know and really upset and and wondering what else I could have done to help him. And, uh, you know, I had done everything I could, but still you, you ask yourself that when you've lost somebody you love so much. And, not, and it was a quiet in this house. I've lived in this house for 30 years. I know every sound, and, and there was no, no TV or anything on. And w- as soon as I cried, cried out and said, I wish I could have done something else, not three feet in front of my face, someone snapped their fingers two times. And uh, I knew it was him. I just knew it was him. I didn't see anything, but the sound was so obvious. you know my husband who had who's been on the fence skeptical uh for many years he he heard it too, and uh you know, I so I did the spiel for my father, I said, "You know, go to the light, and you know don't be stuck here, and you know I know that's you, and that sort of thing. I asked him to do it again, but it may have taken all of his energy just to be able to get through that first time, and he couldn't apparently couldn't do it again, so it didn't happen a second time. Uh, my son, yes, he came back many times. He was very young. He was only 24, uh, at the top of his game and really enjoying his life and, uh, was just taken out very quickly. And I think that, uh, he had some issues where he probably wasn't, uh, you know, didn't want to go, obviously, and was concerned. And he came back several times. And, uh, my first book tells the story of that, A Haunted Life. And, uh, yeah, we... I worried, of course, as a mother, and he was our only child, so I worry about you know him being stuck or you know not going to the light or wherever uh, you know as a as a believer in good and evil. I believe you know you need to go where where you need to go uh, you know to God or to heaven you know so um I was concerned about that as a mom you know and and so I did a lot of praying and a lot of talking to him out loud, and eventually the the visitation stopped i mean he actually would uh, do things like scratch on a door um, i found initials scratch into a door one night right after he died his initials in a wooden door We live in an old house and it's right by the doorknob and i think i would have seen them before but i kept hearing this scratching sound i thought one of the dogs in, in the other room was laying up against against the door sometimes they would do that you know and scratch or something and you would hear them knock on the door or scratch but the scratching kept going on, and I was working on the first book, to be honest. I was really engrossed in that and wasn't paying attention. Finally, I thought, what is that noise? And I just as I turned around, there were five loud knocks on the wooden door, and I got up. And I heard the dog come up from all the way across the kitchen floor to the door, so I knew it wasn't her. So I opened the door and said, you know, James, is that you? And I looked down. below the doorknob, and here were these initials, his initials scratched into the the wood. And I thought, oh, surely not. Surely he wouldn't be able to do that. But honestly, I have no other explanation for it. There were many, many things like this that happened right at first. Then eventually, uh, I think he became at peace with it and went on to where he needed to be. So I'm happy for that.
0: Did did the initials ever go away, or are they still there?
1: No, no, they're still there. I, I put a picture of them. Uh, you know, on my website so people could see, you know, I wasn't just, I mean, you know, I, I just, we were just shocked, you know. Um, you know, I, even though I believed in the supernatural, I had never dealt with a personal, you know, death like that, especially someone as close as, you know, I was to my son, you know. So, yeah, there were many things like that, and of course, you just go through trauma thinking that this person's not at peace because they were taken out that way and taken out so quickly, And then I started piecing it all together, you know, what happened, the things that he came up with. And he was a songwriter and a musician, as I am as well. And uh, he would start writing these really sad songs about, uh, you know, um, as close to tortured as I've ever been is lying here wondering if my heart might beat away and away and away. And usually he wrote happy songs. And I thought, and I I heard that one, I said, what, you know, what's this about? And he would just shrug. You know, it was almost as though he wasn't sure, but he, and he kept having dreams about things. Then I went over one night, and he had painted a picture. He dabbled in all kinds of artistic things. He painted a picture of a gigantic four-by-four-foot heart cut out with blood and arteries and, you know, the whole thing around it, like a heart. And I said, what are, you, what are you doing? I laughed about it, and he was like, just shrugged, and, oh, I don't know. And so then after he died, he was an organ donor, and within the year... Uh, we held a charity event for him, uh, and we do it every summer in his name. And uh, this, the man who got his heart showed up from Massachusetts and met us and everything. And it all started coming together, and that's when I started the book, started piecing all these things together because it was it was like fiction. It was so many bizarre things. It was like fiction, and it's just it still baffles me, and it's just unreal to me.
0: Well, this is some fascinating stuff. Unfortunately, we only got about two minutes left because uh, I could go on talking. All day long about this kind of stuff. So, uh, sure. um, please tell everybody how they can get your books and anything that you have coming out in the future that you want to, uh, people to know about.
1: Uh, you can go to my website to check out all the books, and they're all available uh, either in bookstores. With the, the the nonfiction books are available in all the Barnes and Nobles and stuff with Lulu and Worldwide Publishing. Uh, the fiction stuff, uh, everything is uh, either in bookstores or online, and everything, of course, is available through Amazon. You can go to my website at net, D-E-B-R-A-Robinson.net, D-E-B-R-A Robinson.net, and check them all out, and uh, it's been great talking with you.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I'm sorry that you had to go through so much tragedy, but I'm hoping that your story will help others that are going through it or have been through it already and just don't know how to how to cope with it.
1: Thank you. You know, I've gotten letters and and contact from people all over the world, and uh, it, they have been helped by it. So, so I think it was for a reason I, I had to write the book. So <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to turn a negative into a positive.
0: That's all you can do, and that's all we can do in life. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on every, uh, and, and taking your time to tell us your story, and I'm definitely going to have you on again because I definitely want to talk about more paranormal stuff so, and, and hear some more of your ghost stories.
1: Great. Sounds good, Jason. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. And, guys, we're going to be back after this commercial break with more music and and commentary, so stay tuned.
1: Hi, I'm Erin Krakow, and I hope you'll watch our show, When Calls the Heart, on Hallmark Channel.
0: Hi, I'm internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd, and I released one of my most profound photographic collections to date, my 3D collection. Since 2009, I've looked for ways to bring my art to life in ways that would amaze my audience. After a rare malfunction at Disney, I realized that 3D was the way to go. Now the series can be seen in galleries all the way across the United States. If you want to see this collection, contact my studio, Imagination Art Studios, by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com and ask how. While you're there, check out my award-winning Dreams, Nightmares, Fears, and Fantasy collection, as well as my Morbid Sensations collection. Again, that's www.imaginationartstudios.com.
1: This is Vic DiBitetto. You are listening to the AME Radio Show.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It is the end of the show already. I can't believe it. I hope you guys enjoyed our guest for today. If you want to see any of our past shows, go to www.theamemagazine.com forward slash radio, uh, or you can go to www.theamemagazine.com and see the links to our television show, And our two magazines, we have an art and entertainment one and a paranormal one that we know you guys are going to like. So go check that out if you get the chance. Uh, Next week, we have two more great guests coming up. And I have found a list of Thanksgiving specials that you just don't see played on television anymore. Kind of like what we did for the Halloween specials. So check that out. That's coming up next week. But right now, let's go into the, uh, the first song I have chosen for us by Skylar Stecker. It's called Rooftop. All right, everybody, that's all we have for you this week. Join us next week for more guests, more music, and more commentary. And Until then, stay creative, everybody. See you next week.